Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There have been thousands of child sex abuse accusations filed against priests across the country. But a recent investigation in the Buffalo News by Jay Tokaz reveals many of the priests facing these allegations in the Buffalo Diocese are being allowed to go back into their ministry, which includes, in many cases, having contact with children. I'm Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises, and in this episode of Behind the Headlines, our host Terry Barr is talking with Jay to learn the surprising reason that this is happening, along with the public's reaction to it. We'll have links to articles from the Buffalo News in the show notes, along with ways you can contact us, as well as any other relevant info. If you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism by supporting the newspaper serving your community. And now, here's Terry with Jay. Thank you, Chris. Okay, Jay is here with me. And now, Jay, I have to say, your reporting really starts when you learn priests who are on administrative leave following child sex abuse allegations are actually getting some opportunities to go back into their ministry. Tell us more about this. Yes, that's correct, Terry. Um, We were learning along the way of priests being returned. The the, the diocese would put out uh, a release here and there about priests being returned to ministry after an investigation into an allegation of abuse. Mm -hmm. These were sort of spotty. Every few months or or such, we'd see something like this. We'd do a short story on it, of course. But then um, we decided to look back just to see how often this actually was happening since there was a big scandal in, in 2018 about this having happened years ago and and priests being returned with almost no notice. So we looked back and we looked at the numbers and found that in fact, 17 of the 26 priests who had been taken out were then returned and were able to do the normal priestly things that they had always done. And this was of quite great concern to particularly to people who had been abused by clergy as children. Let me ask you about that. You know, what are these survivors, accusers, you know, what are they saying? How did they feel about priests, many of them being able to be back in contact with kids again? You know, I've talked with a a lot of people who were uh, in situations where they were abused by clergy as children. And those folks, um, their level of trust in the institution of the church is low to begin with, but then when they see something like this, it's you know it really brings the hurt uh, even more to them. So they're you know pretty disappointed in that, and you know the concern that they expressed 
typically is they just don't want to see this happen to another child because they they've had a life experience where they know what happens. So yeah, there's there's quite a bit of anger and frustration just in the potential of it. I mean, you know, we don't we don't know for certain the a lot of the details of what these accusations are. We don't know anything really about those cases in, in most instances. So, you know, but the potential uh, that somebody who had abused, you know, some years ago is then returned the ministry and is around children, you know, that's quite disturbing to, to a lot of people. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, now the Buffalo diocese itself, it, it sounds like, they really are not explaining the decisions. No, and that's one of the big problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the one hand, their hands are a bit tied because you're talking about, you know, basically personnel matters. Right. And any any company would tell you, you know, we can't discuss these things. And you know, I get that. Uh, anybody would get that. But at the same time, there are, in, in these instances, you're talking about, you know, sort of public people in a position of authority. And so there's this, if, if there's an issue of public safety involved with kids, you know, shouldn't you be a little bit more forthcoming with details about what is the situation? And, you know, historically, this diocese and others did sort of much worse and then just returned known abusers to, to ministry for years, shuffle them around the parishes, parish to parish. And so there's that memory of that still fresh in people's minds. So, yeah. Well, it's so interesting because, you know, we're, we're talking about what should be an investigation, it sounds like, but then the diocese says, a review board has examined the claims and the claims are not substantiated. What is this review board and, and how do, how does it get to act in this manner? So uh, the diocese has what it calls an independent review board. It's made okay. up of highly competent people, most of them professionals in law, medical professions, uh, that sort of thing. They're all Catholics in good standing and, you know, tend to have tight connections with the leadership of the church. They're, you know, trusted individuals. So that is the rub when it comes to the independents. You know, despite their qualifications, they are connected uh, usually to the bishop, you know, that so... Uh, a lot of people will question whether there is independence there. The dioceses across the country have these review boards. They've been in place for many years. Buffalo has been in place since, I've got to say, at least 2004, maybe even earlier than that. It first came into being after the scandal out of the Archdiocese of Boston the clergy abuse scandal there and was a strong recommendation, if not a mandate of the 
Dallas Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People, which was a result of, you know, the bishops put that in place after Boston. So the review boards, you know, seem to be well-intentioned, but not very well understood. We don't really know what they investigate. We don't know what they look at, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I should back up a little bit and say that the diocese also hires investigators, usually lawyers or, or former law enforcement, to investigate. And those investigators report to the review board their findings. And then ah. the review board sort of examines it and makes makes a judgment call. And then the bishop himself has the final say, but in, in, in recent years has really deferred to the review board on these matters. So whatever they say, he just kind of confirms. Wow. Sounds like it's a uh, tough place to be really objective, which, you know, is always supposed to be the goal. You know, this has been widespread. You've talked about it. And I think I saw a number, something like 230 priests accused of abuse, some recent, obviously, others years ago. So as far as, as your reporting and, and knowing this, what happens next? Yeah, uh, 230. I think that's the count that the Buffalo News came up with in terms of analyzing uh, allegations that came forward in Child Victims Act lawsuits against yeah. the Buffalo Diocese, which was you know, a number that was far beyond anything that the diocese itself had, had been acknowledging uh, in terms of the priests it knew about. And uh, it was a pretty, pretty um, big number. I, I, I can't remember w- what we found in terms of the percentage of overall priests in the diocese since 1950, but it, I think it was, um, now I, I don't want to speculate on what that number <laughs> was. Um, but anyway, it's because, uh, you know, that's just just having a whole number w- without that sort of context is um, maybe not as useful. But I, I believe the percentage was somewhat higher than, you know, the diocese had previously publicly acknowledged. And so, you know, some of the uh, you, you asked what's next. You know, in, in addition to the, all those lawsuits, the, the diocese, for its previous handling of abuse allegations, was investigated by the attorney general's office, which after its two-year investigation then had a two-year civil lawsuit against the diocese, which just was settled a few weeks ago. And as part of that settlement, the attorney general was able to get the diocese to uh, establish some new protocols, including additional sort of audits that will be conducted by Kathleen McChesney, who was a former FBI, uh, high-ranking FBI official, who then led the bishop's child protection efforts back in the early 2000s and is very well-regarded on this issue and the AG's office also will have uh, a five-year sort of oversight of the diocese on these issues. And of course, 
the civil lawsuits by plaintiffs accusing priests of molestation, you know, those are, uh, you know, an accountability measure as well. Uh, and that has landed, there's so many of them that the, the diocese is now in bankruptcy, um, having to address those. And so that's, it's in its second, almost third year of bankruptcy proceedings. But the story continues, it sounds like, moving yes. forward. And I have to point out, Jay, that your report received dozens and dozens of comments, and it made this a very popular story, of course. And um, it really did give your readers the chance to sort of speak out in that comment section. Were you surprised by any of the reaction you received, whether it's from your readers or even from your coworkers? No, I'm, I'm not surprised only because this topic has been, you know, we've been covering it now going on four and a half years, I'd wow. say. Yeah. And it's just um, really resonates with, with readers. We have a highly Catholic town. I mean, at one point when I was covering the Catholic church, you know, going on 20 years ago, it was six out of 10 people here was Catholic. Now those numbers have fallen off, um, you know, in part due to this scandal, but really just in part due to shifts in attitudes toward religion and religious adherence. Um, but the Catholic sort of ethic in town is still very, very evident. Um, you know, many of our big institutions here have Catholic roots, colleges, hospitals, schools, high schools, etc. Yeah. Um, in addition to, you know, 160 parishes and, you know, it's, it's a big diocese and there's a lot yeah. of Catholics. And so, you know, they're, they read this very closely and, uh, you know, want to, want to know more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your amazing reporting on this topic and taking us behind the headlines in, in talking with us about it. Jay, your work is really appreciated. Thanks, Terry, for, uh, for doing the interview. I appreciate it. While he was able to uncover some of the inner workings of the self-governed review board, what Jay found may not be that much different than what's happening within other dioceses in the U.S. Jay will be following further developments in the civil case against the diocese, and we will have links in the show notes to his ongoing coverage for the Buffalo News. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Headlines. You can always find us on every podcast platform. And we'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and give us a review. If you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism by supporting the newspaper serving your community. I'm Chris Lay, and for Terry Barr and myself, thank you so much for listening to Behind the Headlines from Lee Enterprises. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.